Good day, listeners. Now all Faye know, not that I am one, but if I were, I would certainly know, about the Wrath of the River King. Wrath of the River King is a new D&D 5e adventure from our sponsor, Cobalt Press. Guide your players into an alien world of the Fae, where they must scrape by without offending the lords and ladies of the court. In the summer court, they will have to be quick of wit and cautious of tongue to survive encounters with powerful, capricious beings. You, my sweet listener, can obtain this enthralling adventure, Wrath of the River King, at www.cobaltpress.com. Drive through RPG or Paizo, and rejoice, travelers! For at the Cobalt Press store, a free map of the Arbanes Forest awaits you. And now, without further ado, it is time for Dames and Dragons. I'd like to introduce my best friend, Rudy. Oh. I'd like to introduce my best friend, Rudy. Oh, oh man. Well, I would also like to uh, introduce my best friend, Rudy Basso. Oh, liar. Oh. <laughs> I would um, like to introduce my worst enemy, Rudy Basso. <laughs> Truths are coming out. Uh, I accept three of these introductions. <laughs> But which three? You'll we shall never, never know. know. Anyway, hello. Welcome, Rudy. Welcome to hello. our show. Um, oh, man. I'm so excited and so nervous about this. No, no <laughs> nervous. No nervous. Only fun. Only fun. Okay, yeah. Just trust that like nobody could ever do anything to embarrass themselves more than things that I do. Yeah. And let that like wash over you in a peaceful calmness. This is the amazing Rudy Basso of Don't Split the Podcast Network, as well as many of the shows on that network, which are too numerous for me to name. So Rudy, you should name them for me. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> I do an audio drama. I produce an act on that called Have Spellbook Will Travel. It's amazing. And then uh, I have another podcast called Game O'Clock, which is about video games. Uh, that's very funny. Um, and the little clock spells leet, you guys. Yeah. That was... I've never felt rage like I did when I realized that. <laughs> <laughs> that classic time beautiful. of 1337 that everyone knows yeah, about. Yeah, of course. My favorite time to play video games. Exactly. Yeah. One in the afternoon in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and then I just help out with some of the other stuff and help run the business with my partner, James Intracasso. Great guy. Great guy. Let's. <laughs> Play D and D. Oh, right. she said the thing. <laughs> Sorry, it's exciting. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm Kat. I am your DM. Hi, I'm Noelle, uh, and I play Fran, a Genasi wizard. Hello, I am Caitlin. <laughs> I play Corvin, a human. Druid? Level six? Yeah, you're all still level Thank six. Thank you, Kat. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sophia. I play Laika, a tiefling paladin, level six. And Rudy, why don't you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Rudy. I'm playing Zeroth, a half-elf fighter. Nice. Xeroth. Xerox. Xerox. 
Lotor. No. Lotor. <laughs> All right. So last time you traveled with the tiefling refugees from the Temple of Eol back to the desert city of Danmar. You figured out how to open Kai's journal and got some info from that. You received a mission from the captain of the guards, Sabiha, who told you about many missing persons cases popping up around the city. You found a flyer in a bar uh, that was written in Estrin that led you to a sketchier bar. And uh, when Corbin went inside and spoke Estrin to the people in there, a strange gas poured forth from the ceiling and he passed out. So, Corbin, when you wake up, you feel cold and clammy. When you open your eyes, you see that you are in a five by five cell with your hands chained in front of you by cold gray manacles. You also feel incredibly tired, more tired than you have ever felt, more tired than when you woke up in the orc camp after nearly dying. And when you reach for your magic, it's just not there. Tight, tight, tight. Cool, cool, cool. So when you open your eyes, you see there are four other people in the cell with you. They're all sort of sitting against the walls, hanging out. There are two human women, one of whom is dressed very finely, although it looks like she's been in this cell for quite a while and her clothes reflect that. The other human woman is wearing rough spun cloth that looks like it has been dirty for far longer than she has been in the cell. The other two people are a gnome woman and it looks like a half-orc, maybe half-orc, half-elf. It's hard to tell, but it makes sense to you because they're dressed in estrin clothing. And everybody in the cell is chained with the same manacles that you are wearing. As soon as they see that you're awake, the gnome woman, she gets up and she grabs two buckets. She crouches down next to you and holds out both. And she she says, in estrin, uh, water? And she points to one bucket. And Mime's drinking from it. Puke. And she takes the other bucket and she mimes puking into it. Uh, and she offers them both to you. Corbin immediately vomits. <laughs> <laughs> Just instantly right into that puke bucket. Uh, the gnomish woman, she nods and she pats your head. Where's the shit bucket? The gnomish woman points to the corner where there is another bucket. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say a pile. <laughs> oh, God! What kind of prison do you think this is? A prison! <laughs> hey! Hello? Can you hear me? Uh, and this is the rich human woman who's talking, and she scoots toward you. Can you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> what is she speaking in? She's speaking in common. And the poor-looking woman, she just shakes her head and uh, she hugs her her knees to her chest. You know that shouting doesn't make people understand you more clearly. He's not deaf. So, I assume you spoke Estrin to the gnome woman when you asked her about the shit bucket? <laughs> so she, uh, she pats you again and says, How'd they get you? They all had to swarm me like a pack of wild animals. They fought them off. Uh... They overwhelmed me. Well, at least you didn't fall into an obvious trap like we did. Yep. <laughs> they got us right away. We had just landed. Birdie over there, he cast Featherfall, and we were able to get down on the surface fine, but as soon as we got here, we got snatched up by these 
crazy people still don't know what they want. So as you guys are talking, Corbin, you hear footsteps coming down the hall. And enter Zeroth. Zeroth, you have been sent by your boss, Sumi. She has sent you down here to figure out who the hell this kid is who speaks in common and estrin and is dressed in common and estrin clothes, although you guys just call them islanders. Mm. Zeroth, you are headed down the hall toward Corbin's cell. And uh, Corbin, you you see someone coming down the hall. Uh, I scuttle (laughs) to the back of the cell. All right. What would you like to do, Zeroth? You have a task at hand. Sumi did want you to go pick up a shipment from the docks, which will be arriving in about 30 minutes. So oh. you do have to hurry it up a little bit. What yeah. do you look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what do you Sorry. look like? Sorry, I'm thin. I'm like 19-ish half-elf. Uh, very thin, wiry almost. I'm wearing a rapier on my waist and a dagger as well that I have drawn. Uh, the I don't look like I want to touch anything in the prison cells because they look nasty. What color is your hair? Yeah. Uh, blue. What color are your eyes? Uh, gray. Ooh, I love okay. this. That's good. I love That's this. Dope. My hair looks very soft as well. <laughs> is it long or short? Yeah, long or short. Uh, shoulder length, but tied back in a ponytail. Cool. Oh, dope. Bald look. Dope. What a look. Okay. Uh, Kat, I would like to get the tiefling that we, that you told me about earlier. The one who speaks Estrin to come with me? That guy, yes. So, Zeroth, you stop by one of the cells on your way down and take out this brittle-looking old tiefling man. He's got these weird tufts of hair by his horns. No! Oh, my God! (laughs) Um, But he's the only person that, at least that your organization knows, can cast a spell which allows him to translate between Astrid and Common. So you go and get him and uh, let him out of his manacles. He seems at this point to be well behaved enough that he won't try to retaliate once he's released from his manacles. And uh, you take him down with you to the the new boy's cell. Yes, and I would like to let him know that there will be dessert for him if he cooperates. Uh, (laughs) As per the normal agreements. As long as you... Make sure you got the good lemon custard. Yeah, I say, yeah, there'll be extra whipped cream on him. And I give him a wink. <laughs> on him? <laughs> oh, no, on the dessert. Sorry. No, no, too late. Too late. He will be showered in whipped cream if he cooperates. That's the only kind of shower I like anymore. Mm, that actually, now I feel weird. But I also do draw a dagger and kind of point it at him more as like a... I know I have to do it. I don't seem like I would be using it on him. It's just like mm-hmm. a requirement. It's, it's for sure. It's the pageantry of exactly. you know, prisoner taking. Yeah. Yes. And then I will approach the cell that Corbin is in, and I will say, hey, hey, you, uh, do you understand me? Corbin pretends like he can't tell who you're talking to, but he locks <laughs> eyes with the restorationist. <laughs> The restorationist also locks eyes with you, but he does not say anything yet. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Damn it. Um, Ask him if he understands you in Islander talk. Hey, kid. You understand me. We know each other. Corbin 
Gives him the stink eye. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. He's got a knife to my back. Corbin says, what do you want? In common. He's not going to fuck around with these games. Ah! Ah! (laughs) Damn it, kid! I was going to get a dessert out of this. (laughs) Uh, But Corbin also points to the restoration and says, he stays here, I don't talk. (laughs) All right. Okay, he can stay then. Yeah. And I say, how do you speak that language in our language? I'm just very, very smart. Very good at languages. (laughs) Okay. Are you an islander? Or do you come from... Are you one of them? And I point at the gnome. And uh, Corbin shrugs. You shrug. Okay. I'm not a gnome. <laughs> You're not a gnome. Gotcha. Do you come from, and I kind of point in the air. Are you asking if I'm an angel? It's <laughs> really frustrating. Uh, okay. Um, Listen, kid, this is going to take a lot less time if you just give him some bullshit answers. You stay quiet. He's going to stay here. Trust me. I've been through this already. Okay, well, in that case, um, I was born uh, to a happy, loving family, <laughs> and I grew up very just wealthy, and uh, <gasps> they just gave me everything I wanted from the day that I was born. Okay. And then they died tragically, and I had to survive and fight for what was mine, and I became a rugged child of the wood, <laughs> and... Then I came here. So you were rich, but then you were poor. (laughs) Yes, it happens sometimes. (laughs) Nothing is permanent. You can lose anything. I was poor and now I'm rich, so I can kind of understand uh, where you're from. No, Uh, no, you can't. I say, are you a god? Oh, yes. Did I leave that part out? Um, Do you know who we are? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, we are the Great Manacle, and I say that very proudly. We're <laughs> we're going to kill all the gods. <gasps> Fuck! I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. Sign me up with your organization. <laughs> does this tiefling know Zone of Truth? The spell? Yeah, he does. He should be good at that. So I'd like to urge him to cast Zone of Truth on hmm. Corbin. The Restorationist. He looks between you and uh, Corbin and feels that knife in his back and he casts Zone of Truth. So I do want to contest it even though I want to join this organization immediately. That's a Um, five. Oh, plus four. Oh, no, that's... All right. You are uh, compelled to tell the truth. Okay. So let's start again. Should have done this earlier. Are you from Estra? Absolutely. (laughs) Are you a god? No. (laughs) Okay. Do you know magic? Uh, yeah. You do? Of course. Idiot. (laughs) But you're not a god. I am very confused by this. I'm just good at shit. What do you want? But you serve the gods. Fuck, no. Hold on. So you don't... And you hate the gods. Oh, yeah. Most of them. There are are one or two that I'm I'm like okay with. Which gods are you okay with? Well, uh, the ones I've met, mostly... So, Wavell, he's all right. And uh, Vioni I'm on the fence about. I think she's kind of a coward, but I guess she's, like, okay. okay. Uh, I get really serious, and I say, what do you think of Vahara? I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> it's the the boar god. The boar god? All right. 
Well, this is very enlightening. You hate the gods. You speak their language. Um, you know magic. That's bad. What's the gray manacle? Uh, yeah, that, well, yeah, we're the gray manacle. And I look very proud. I do a very stupid <laughs> salute. Uh, we're going to kill all the gods. We're going to kill y'all. We're going to kill Fenrir. We're going to kill the deer god with the confusing name. We're killing all of them, okay? And we're going to uh, kill Vahara, and I'm going to eat that motherfucker. The boar you, god. You seem very passionate. How do you feel about Torva? Ah, dead. Would you- Super dead. Cool. Would you would you consider prioritizing his death above the death of all other gods? Uh, that uh, we might start smaller before moving to Torva. Yeah, uh, uh, weak, weak he's organization. He's at the top of the list. Well, we're recruiting. Yes, so. I want to join. Son, and the restorationist just steps in here. He says, "Son, they." No, 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 no! <laughs> I tell him to shut up. Uh, uh, who have they kidnapped? No, 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 no! I, I push the tiefling away. Uh, who? I say no dessert, no dessert, and I start to <laughs> lead him back to his cell or push him towards his cell. Uh, he he goes, but he gives uh, gives you a real dirty look over his shoulder. <laughs> he just walk I'm back to his cell. Yeah. Mate. Man, he's whipped. <laughs> Covered in whipped cream. Cat. <laughs> just Sumi's here or is um Grab is not here right now. Uh, Sumi is the only one who's Sumi's in the, the complex. Here? Okay. Yeah. When's my when am I going to pick up supplies? You need to pick up a shipment from your supplier in about at this point in about twenty minutes. Okay. I want to go to Sumi and ask her if I could take Corbin with me. I'm curious what my supplier like, if she knows anything about this person. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, I'm, I'm assuming you, you leave Corbin for the moment. Yeah. Head on back to where Sumi is. And so, the headquarters of your organization is primarily one long, dark, damp tunnel, along which there are cells where you are keeping all of the prisoners that you have taken. From there, there is a tunnel that branches off toward the main meeting room. And this meeting room is very similar to the tunnel in its darkness, its dampness, and its uncomfortably low ceilings. In this meeting room, as you pass through it, you see there's about a dozen people hanging out. They're all off duty, but everybody is armed to the teeth. And through the meeting room, at the back of that room, is Sumi's personal quarters. So that is where you are headed. Yes. I want to greet everyone enthusiastically. Yeah. Everybody just kind of looks up at you and rolls their eyes and then goes back to whatever they were doing. Okay. I feel good about this. I feel proud to be a member <laughs> of the current medical. So uh, do you knock on Sumi's door? I do. Kind of quietly. Enter. Oh, God. Okay. I uh, slowly enter. Sumi is tiny. She's human, but size comparison to a halfling is a little bit more accurate than a size comparison to a human. Hmm. She's a very small woman, but in that small frame, there is the intensity of a storm. Her hair is white, and her eyes are very, very pale. She has deep wrinkles around her mouth that show years of frowning. She looks up at you, uh, Zeroth, as you come in the room and rolls her eyes. (laughs) Didn't I tell you to go pick up the shipment at the docks? What are you doing here? Yeah, so the new prisoner, uh, he speaks both Islander and Common. And he says he hates gods. 
And I'm really proud of myself to tell her this. I think he could be a really essential asset to the cause. And then I look at her. Uh, what? Do you know if he's able to use magic? Uh, he said he does use magic, but he can. we can keep the things on him, and then he won't be able to use it. And what makes you think he will be so essential to our cause? Well, it's, a, it's an easy way for us to talk to the gods, and we can trick them and pretend that we're friends with them, and then we'll stab them. Like Love Vahara. <laughs> Fine. I want to take him on as my protege. Something about him that isn't related to a wider narrative uh, tells me that he will be important to our cause. And I'm chief supply officer, so I deserve an assistant. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sumi rubs her temples and uh. closes her eyes for a moment. And then when she opens them, she says, fine, keep his manacles on him. And the moment he steps out of line, stab him. Mm. Yes. And Zara, when I tell you to stab him, stab him to kill him. I will stab him like I will stab Vahara. Just go before you miss your rendezvous. Yes, of course. I'm excited. I have a new friend, maybe. We'll see. I feel good about it. I feel good about the new oh, friend. Okay. Your manacled best friend. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a pause here and switch our perspectives back to Mary, Laika, and Fran, who are still standing outside Priava's rest. You didn't hear anything at the door. And you continue to not hear anything for a really long time. I mean, I wouldn't wait like that long. I mean, it, you wait as long as you're comfortable, but there is yeah. no movement from within. I'd say t- ten minutes we go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, like, open the door. Is there anyone inside? Nope. It's empty. Empty. Uh, to remind you of what's in this room, it is a very, very small tavern, and there is a statue in the corner, a crudely carved statue of the goddess in the corner. Mm. We're following Fran in, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you can't follow me far because I throw myself to the ground and scream, Not again! (laughs) And then I start looking around for grates. (laughs) There are no grates. You find no grates. (sighs) Okay, so can we do a, like, investigation to see if there's any other exits? Are there any people? It's totally empty? Totally empty. It'd be a perception check to find... Exits? Yeah. Uh, I got a five, so I got a 19. Um, Fran, looking around this room, it, you can't find anything that looks like it would go out. You do, however, find a door to the adjoining shop, the one next door that's unnamed and very busy. Okay. You also, upon closer inspection of that statue of the goddess, you find the Estrin word for run carved into the stone of the statue. Oh. I point to that and I'm like, Mary, did you change your name recently? I really hope you did. Uh, Mary signs back, well, actually, yes, but not to that. (laughs) (laughs) Right to Mary. Right, 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 right. So I am going to peek through that door to the next shop. Okay. You go into this shop and you can barely get in. It is packed with people. Everybody in here looks pretty rough. These look like sailors and 
people who make their living on the streets, you know, doing various street things like robbing people and killing people, that sort of thing. The main focal point of this shop is a counter in the back with bars over the top so you can't get behind it. So there's a little window and there's a man behind the counter who is uh, taking orders, taking money, and then uh, handing people various goods. The goods that seem to be passing hands are mostly weapons, but a lot of little vials. Lots of uh, strange colored liquids in little vials that people are accepting from this man for large sums of cash. So drugs and this is the black market is what's going on, yeah. I think. Yeah. So like a a man in a leather hood. Oh, very cool. Very <laughs> cool. Uh, he comes up to you and he says, uh, hey, 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 uh, you're a new face in here. Welcome to our little little shop. Hey, we're giving out free samples today. Would you like one? I'd love one. I at the mention of free samples, I like bolt on over. <laughs> yeah. Now this here, and he produces a seemingly out of nowhere two very small little vials full of golden liquid. Says, uh, this is a luck potion. What does it do? It makes you lucky, of course. I'll take it. Of course. Have one. Free sample. Just remember who you got it from. And he, he gives you the double raise of the eyebrows and a wink. Who? We don't, we don't use names here. Just remember my face. Um, that's impossible. I have face blindness. <laughs> Leica mimics his eyebrow raising back at him and then says, hey, I'm actually looking for something really special. What can we do you for? I'm looking for a teen boy with a <laughs> Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't sell that kind of thing here. You want that, you go down to the docks. He's not getting sold. He's just, we're just looking for him. We will pay for him if Aww. we need to. Well, how much are you going to pay? It depends if you have the right person. We're not just looking for a teen boy. <laughs> well, like, although I, I would, no, we're looking for a specific <laughs> brand, a specific oh boy. <laughs> um, Leica points to a drawing of Corbin and just says, "Wait, how does she? Where does she <laughs> on her armor? Oh, oh yeah. Um, have you seen anybody who looks like this?" He squints at the. Uh, Beautiful picture of Corbin. <laughs> Can't say. What would make you be able to say? No. You know, it part sure does feel pretty light. Uh, Leica pulls out one copper. And then Fran waves her hand over it and it becomes gold. <laughs> His nice. his eyes grow very wide, and he takes his shiny new gold piece. Mm -hmm. um, he has no reason to believe this wouldn't be a gold piece, because magic doesn't <laughs> exist in this world. Mm -hmm. So I'm not even going to roll to contest it. Uh, well, this is a shiny little trinket. Now, I'm not saying I saw that boy come through here, and I'm not saying that he was... Um, Looking a little sleepy when he did come through. But if he was coming through here, that sleepy boy, uh, well, he would have uh, gone out the back. By himself? Well, he was very sleepy. Like I said, uh, big fella was carrying him out. 
Seems like maybe he had a little bit too much to drink next door. But that's none of my business. Out back behind the shop? Yeah, back out the alley. I can show you the back door. All right, let's go. But hey, remember, and he looks at you like a... Remember who you got that luck potion from? Uh, she wiggles her eyebrows at him like he did her earlier. Nice. And I'm just going to let you guys know those luck potions, you can use those for advantage at any point. Oh, they're real? The I, I definitely assumed those were poison. Yeah. I was going to try and was... give them to an, to an enemy. I thought <laughs> that was drugs. I get drugged and thrown in prison and they get luck potions? Yeah, well. This is bullshit. Pays to look weird. <laughs> this man, he leads you out back behind the shop. He, you have to go through a little gate. And he really works hard to block your view of the back of the shop as you pass through it. But you do see some very strange objects back there. Lots, lots of knives. Just a, a really disconcerting amount of knives back there. Any cool swords? There is actually uh, one very cool looking sword back there. It's made of, looks like a black metal, maybe maybe some sort of like an ebony or a meteorite. It is a very cool looking sword, but he rushes you right past it. Okay, I'm just taking note. Okay. <laughs> and he leads you guys out back where there is a back alley. There's a few doors to other shops, it looks like. And there's laundry strung across the alleyway, like in Aladdin, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm going to ask this guy... The big fella carrying our friend. Do you know who this guy was or where he could have been going? I know he passes through here. And like, goes where? We don't ask too many questions. Leica pulls out another cover piece uh, and shows it to Fran first. Um, I um, wave my hand over it and it becomes a portrait of this man that's very small. <laughs> He looks down at it. <laughs> how'd you, how'd you paint that so fat? That uh, he takes it and he said, "That's that's a beaut. That's one for the wife's locket. <laughs> I got to get my wife a locket now." <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah, I know this guy. Uh, goes by the name of Doug. <laughs> Doug. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doug. Uh, he's part of uh, some people who don't particularly want anyone knowing their business but uh i happen to know a little bit of their business and i know that they're uh, they set up shop in the tunnels underneath the city where can we find those tunnels well, that i don't know i you i you can offer me as many tiny portraits as you want i just don't <laughs> know um that's the only tiny portrait we have <laughs> i'm just saying you can make a killing with tiny portraits <laughs> You could you could maybe even make them a little exaggerated, make them funny. I don't like that idea at all, sir. Um, we gotta go. We walk away. <laughs> hey, keep it in mind. If you want a business partner. Oh man. No. What um, does Mary think about this? Uh, Mary has been. She has stuck very close to Leica, and is very overwhelmed. Uh, I'm gonna do a perception check. Sure. Seventeen. Okay. Yeah, you, looking down this alley, after you've spent a little bit of time examining it, so the alley ends at the seawall, and just before it hits the seawall, there is a grate. Corbin. Corbin. Does Mary say Corbin? 
Uh, yeah, Mary signs Corbin. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> this has got him written all over it. He loves grates. He loves to go inside grates. He loves to fall into traps inside <laughs> grates. episode uh and i know you are because it features the wonderful and hilarious rudy basso by this point i know that the listeners are dying to know where they can find you please let us know where we can find you rudy basso hey i'm on twitter at rudy basso r-u-d-y-b-a-s-s-o and check out my podcast have spellbook will travel at have it's an audio drama based on dungeons and dragons games so myself and James Intracasso write it, and then we have a whole ensemble of actors who voice characters, and I cut it all together. There's music, there's sound effects, and something I'm really proud of, and I hope people check it out, have spellbook.com. Noel, you're in an episode briefly. Yes, I am. And if you can spot me, that's it. You'll know which character I played. Yeah. Yeah, it's super funny. You guys should all check it out. If you love the humor on dames and dragons and you love fantasy and role-playing games you will love have spellbook i love it and i am so pumped that season two is coming out now because i have something to listen to (laughs) and i do want to say that it has truly been a pleasure to be on this show and that uh i was such a big fan of this show that i asked them i asked you to be on our podcast network don't split the podcast.com and you said yes, and that was great. And then you asked me to be on the show. So everything was coming up great for Rudy. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Obviously, you did an amazing job. And we're so glad that you decided to long con us into being on your network so that you could be on our show. That's wonderful. So next up, let's thank our iTunes reviewers. I actually finally went through and found all the international reviewers that I could find. So those mostly belated thanks go out to H.C. Baxter. Blake Ryan, 74. Hey, Blake. Aries Eyes. N1995115. Gwen C. Sarah Littlebean. Crumpor. Becca Chaos. Patricia Gearhearts. And J.D. Tomey. Thank you. Rudy, as a fellow podcaster, can you please tell us why iTunes slash Apple podcast reviews are so important? It is incredibly helpful because not only is iTunes the largest podcatcher app on the internet, but a lot of other podcatchers use the iTunes metadata for like visibility of their shows. Yep. So leave an iTunes review here and then hop on over to Have Spellbook and do the same thing there. Uh, I'm just going to quickly tell the fortune of one of these beautiful listeners, and that listener is J.D. Tolmy. Disclaimer, I don't know your future, blah, blah. I'm using an app called iPredict, and as I look into the crystal ball, I see... Oh, my God. This is a good one, J.D. Tolmy. (laughs) You will be the world's sexiest 94-year-old supermodel. This is the best app ever. Oh, my God. Congratulations. (laughs) Congrats, JD told me. Wow. Thanks also to our beautiful Patreon, Samantha, Charles, Troy, Noel. You? 
Anna, Roberta, Jordan, and Autumn Blue Sky. Y'all are the absolute best. Next, in Dames and Other Places news, Caitlin and I were recently on a podcast called Whelmed. Whelmed is a super cool show about the TV show Young Justice. We talked with host Rich Howard about Jaime Reyes, Bart Allen, Roy Harper's finding his clone addiction. It was a really great, amazing time. So if you like Young Justice, hop on over to CrashingTheMode.com to check it out. And speaking of heroes, it is time to tell you guys about our sponsor for this episode, and that is Hero Lab. Rudy, would you like to tell us a little bit about Hero Lab? Yeah, Hero Lab is made by Lone Wolf Development. It is a program that makes character creation a breeze. It will automatically track modifiers for every stat, ability, item, spell, and option you select. And what games are supported by Hero Lab? Noel, there are so many games, including D&D 5th Edition, but also Pathfinder, Shadowrun, Mutants and Masterminds, Call of Cthulhu. You played Call of Cthulhu recently. Yes, subscribe to DSPN Presents. And once you have completed your character sheet, you can print it out. Uh, You could save it as a PDF. You can email it. To another Hero Lab user, if you go to your DM's house and you forget your character sheet, just shoot them an email that can print it out right there for you. But what if I want to, like, invent an entire original game? Yes, Noel, you can add your own custom game system. Uh, Hero Lab has an authoring kit that allows you even to use wiki documentation. So if you want to share it with your players or with the world... Then you can, and it already sets up a skeleton-style game system for you to do so. Okay, so I definitely want to get Hero Lab, but how do I get Hero Lab? Where do I get Hero Lab? You go to getherolab.com. Getherolab.com. And now for a very special sponsored message from the wonderful, wonderful Aurelia to the wonderful, wonderful Nani. Allow me to tell you a little bit about Scops & Co. Scops & Co. is a queer quirky, character-driven adventure that follows Scops, an up-and-coming grifter who lights things on fire when they swear. Together with Remora, a former pirate who redirects the flows of fate, Scops is on a quest to rule the world, and maybe make it a better place along the way. Scops & Co. is a story about magic, heists, and found families. You can find it at scopsandco.com or on Tumblr at scops-and-co. Late Merry Christmas, Nani. Keep up the fantastic writing. You know I'll be right behind you, begging to edit something so that I can have that exciting first look at your stories. Love, Aurelia. And now, for a message to Chantel. Chantel, remember that time you mailed me raising canes because Kat wouldn't do it? That was really special to me because they don't have that. Uh, Chantel, what? Chantel, Chantel, thanks. You You did what? Chantel, what the fuck? With our four-way joint best friend? (laughs) <laughs> well, now we have to kill well, the sleeper I agent. I guess this is the last message to Chantel. Wow. Everybody right. say bye. Bye, Chantel. Bye, bye. Chantel. Chantel. The code word is a head full of glass bees. The sleeper agent is active for as long as you survive. Go.
So meanwhile, Zayroth, you've gotten the go-ahead now to take Corbin with you to meet your supplier. Corbin, as I let you out of the jail cell and you stand up, I notice your shirt and my eyes go wide. (laughs) I love your shirt, I say to you. And I think this is the beginning of a very powerful friendship. And then as I lead you out, I take my dagger and I begin cutting a hole over my shirt. (laughs) So I too have a boob window. (laughs) Oh, yes. We are going to be the coolest people in Denmark. Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah. So as you're leading him away, by the way, Rudy, everybody who was in that cell starts shouting at you. I ignore that. Uh, They they are all shouting. And as you lead him down the hall, the uh, Islander prisoners all are, are getting up to look at him. Some of them seem like they maybe recognize him. And Corbin, you you see this too, and you can understand what they're saying, where a couple of them seem to have recognized you and are elbowing the others saying, it's it's one of the guardians. It's one of the guardians. Guardian, did she survive? Did the goddess, did she survive? And as these questions start following you, people just start shouting. People are grabbing at the cage bars and shouting, is she alive? Uh, Does Corbin recognize anybody in there? Do I see anybody? Do I see Buddy? Uh, uh. <laughs> Roll a perception check. <laughs> okay. 13. You don't see Buddy. You do see Vicente. You catch a glimpse of him. He's the hottie <laughs> from the barracks that uh, Fran made a fool of herself Why can't in front Fran of? escape her boyfriends? <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So I want to say... Would it be okay if I just said something to them to quiet them down? They're just really upset that they see that I'm getting to leave and... <laughs> They're stuck here. Could I Could I just make a quick announcement? Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, wait, say it first. And c- what are you going to say them to them? Um, I'm just going to tell them. I'm go- it's kind of a white lie. I'm just going <laughs> to tell them. I'm going to tell them that, like, I'll be okay. I'm not being taken out to be tortured or anything. That I'm playing you guys. I love and, it. And I'll get <laughs> them all out later. It'll calm them right down, I promise. It's perfect. Okay, cool. Okay, and then I turn to all of the uh, Estrin people, specifically Fran's ex-boyfriend, I give a (laughs) wink to, and I say, uh, she's alive, but it's complicated, but she's fine. Her physical body (laughs) that you knew and saw is okay. (laughs) What? What does that mean? Someone shouts. <laughs> All right, Zeroth, time to go. <laughs> uh, and people are continuing to shout. This is not I, calmed them out. I did my best. <laughs> All right, so you guys head on out. <laughs> I didn't lie. I'm dying. I told the truth. I was tactful. Yep. <laughs> Once we're outside, I want to yeah. turn to Corbin and be like, you know, something about you, I think I can trust you. If I take these manacles off, you won't run away, right? Oh, I absolutely will not run away. This is a trust. This is a test. Okay. I, get, I get it, yeah. You say you want to kill the gods. Oh, I do. Well, this is your opportunity to kill some gods. I'm going to take it. I am going to take the manacles off and cool. then put them on around my neck because I think it looks really cool. They have like chains around your neck. I think it looks really badass. Cat, did did <clears throat> Corbin see whether these are the same kind of manacles that Leica? Yes, 
you watch as uh, Zeroth takes these manacles off of you, and it seems to be that he just pulls on them, and they come apart. But you know, because you guys tried a lot to get Lycas off of her, it is not that simple. So there's something else going on there, but you're not able to see exactly what it is. So you are now unchained. You two have emerged on the docks of Danmar's dock district. Ahead of you, there are several tall masted ships, and you guys head on just right on past those, down to the very end of the dock where there is a little metal ship, which all the other ships here, they're the standard wood and canvas ships that you'd see anywhere. This one is different, though. The hull is made entirely of metal, and it doesn't have any sails. And standing next to it, there is a girl. Probably a little older than than Zeroth. She has very pale skin and very pale pink hair and bright green eyes. And she's wearing just the frilliest blouse. Lace is just frothing from her (laughs) cuffs and from her collar. And she's wearing this little uh, pair of little breeches with lace ruffles and boots that are the leather work on them. There's lots of little spirals and curls. She's very cute. (laughs) Looks like she was playing a little like cup and ball game before you guys arrived. And she looks up from that. Zayroth, you were supposed to be here like five minutes ago. And Zayroth, you know her very well. This is your supplier. Yeah. I say, Mila! And I open my arms and I go to give her a big hug. She puts out a hand and just sort of taps your chest. (laughs) Where does she tap on my chest? (laughs) She she goes to tap your chest like where the boob window is and then notices the boob window (laughs) and goes just slightly above it. (laughs) That is an interesting So cool, I know! (laughs) It's the coolest thing ever, maybe? Definitely top five. Okay, sure, sure, yeah, um, top five something, <laughs> but Zayroth, I told you, I don't go by Mila anymore, it's Milava. Lava. sorry, right? I forgot. Uh-huh, I know you did. Now, wait, who's this? And she looks at Corbin. Corbin steps up and does a heart over his boob window. Oh boy, you, you match, don't you? <laughs> We're in a gang. So Mila, or as she's going now, Milava, looks at you, Zeroth. You're supposed to come and meet me alone. Yeah, 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 I know. But like the shipments, you know, they're they're getting kind of heavy. I, yeah. I figured maybe I could have an assistant to help me out. Zeroth, they're chain. Of course they're fucking heavy. <laughs> Fine. Okay, what? I guess. Hi, guy. No, no, that's... Uh, what's your name? <laughs> God killer. God. He's in the right organization, I say. And then I <laughs> Mila. Fuck. Mila. Oh my god. Uh, she looks horrified. <laughs> okay. God killer. Great. You can keep a secret, right? Um. <laughs> god killer, you can keep a secret? I'm just really good at secret keeping. It's 
kind of like my big talent after killing gods. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, you know, just don't mention my name. Ever. Mila or Milava? Neither of them. What if I meet somebody else who has your name? Can I, like, not use their name? It's a fair point. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, my God. (laughs) Zeroth, you found it. You you found your soulmate. I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so happy for you. (sighs) Just get, just get, it's here. Here's, here's the chain. Okay. Get it. Come on. Got it. Go. I go to hug her again. She, she puts out, again, she just sort of, okay. she puts a hand between the two of you. Corbin also opens his arms like he's ready to hug her. What does she do? Uh, she sidesteps you, <laughs> uh, and she sidesteps you in such a way that you end up hugging Zayroth. Oh, God. Oh. I'm just happy for a hug. <laughs> Wait, we have to roll for this. We have to roll the hug. Hug it out. Hold on. Yeah. I got a seven, so my hug is like really weak and awkward. Do the boob windows touch when they hug? It's just going to depend on the rolls. Mm, yeah. I rolled I'll- two. Oh. oh, the boob windows definitely touch. <laughs> you know what? I'm okay with it. So it Yeah, Corbin me. doesn't mind. He's used to people touching his boob window, so. <laughs> but it is, a, it is a weak and awkward hug. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. We'll work on it. We'll work on the hug. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like super happy. Uh, I go over to the ship and I knock on the side and I go, dwarves, you know, they do great work. I'm trying to like show off to Corbin uh, that I know this. Dwarves, that you know that dwarves do good work. Yeah, well, this ship is really weird, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, Corbin doesn't notice. He's real dense. Ugh. Okay, so Kat, uh, first I have to ask, are there any animals? Yeah, there's like seagulls flying around. Seagulls? There are rats in the like sewers. Like close to where I am physically? Yeah, yeah close. Okay. Physically. I want to use a spell called Animal Messenger. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to send, uh, choose a tiny beast. And I probably want to choose the seagull. And it allows me to send a message to a recipient who matches a general description. I can only speak up to 25 words. <laughs> and when the messenger arrives, it will deliver the message to the creature that I have described, replicating the sound of my voice. Uh, that is creepy as hell. I know, yeah, I love uh, it. Leica and Fran are about to receive a very <laughs> scary awakening. Well, I have to be sneaky about it, because I can't just like say, hey, find these people. I'm trapped in the docks with this weird guy. <laughs> like, oh. um, Okay, so I... I want to use this spell on one of the seagulls, I guess. Like, okay. Just, um, There's a seagull that has landed near uh, where Mila is and is inching real close to her, and she keeps trying to shoot it away. Okay, so I go over to that seagull, and I cast this spell, and I say, Mila, you know, you look just like a friend of mine who's just... She's she's blue. Her skin is, and she's got water for hair. And I, that doesn't look like you, I guess. But like, she's got like just kind of like a constant like resting bitch face. And uh, anyways, you just look just like her, like the the resting bitch face mostly. And so now I've delivered my description, and I turn to Zeroth and I say. So, how long are we going to be at the docks at this weird-looking ship? I say, we're pretty much done here. We can head back to the headquarters with the shipment. You carry it, though. You're the assistant. So, Corbin already came out of the headquarters, so he knows where he's headed to, right? I can tell you that you guys came out of a stairwell in an alley. Okay. 
Is there like a landmark nearby it? Uh, there is a street vendor selling some very dirty looking food. Okay. Does it have a symbol on it though? The street vendor? Right, Corbin, roll me a perception check to see if you noticed. A 14. Yeah. There was a symbol that looked like a hungry boy with a mouthful of pie. <laughs> a very exclusive clientele. Let's go to the hungry boy with the mouthful of pie <laughs> on our way back. Hold on. So I it probably gets cut off, but at okay. least the hungry boy and hopefully mouthful of pie gets into the message. So how long are we going to be at the docks by the weird looking ship? Let's go to the what was it? Hungry boy. Hungry boy with with the, the mouthful. mouthful. <laughs> with the mouthful. All right, that's what you send. Go fly, fly my messenger. After you finished this weird task. Oh God. Um. So Mila looks at you. And says, "Hey, what did you say your friend looked like again?" Uh, it's my special friend. Only I can see her. <laughs> And what was your name? Godkiller. Uh-huh. And, um, hey, just a, a real quick question. Do you see that, um, up there on that rooftop? What? Yeah, just, can you, just look over there. What is it? I don't look at it. <laughs> <laughs> I look at it. Zeroth looks at it. What do you see, Zeroth? Zeroth, you, you see there's something shiny up there, but you can't really figure out what it is. Uh, Unless you want to try making a perception check. Sure. 18. It looks like it's actually just a reflection off of something on the roof. Like, there's nothing up there. I say, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then I don't care about it. And I walk backwards away from Mila. Uh, Mila, or Milava, as she is going by, she looks at you and she narrows her eyes. I wink at her. Hey, Zayroth? Hmm? I'm still Uh, looking at the roof, sorry. (laughs) <laughs> she takes you aside and okay. says in a in a hushed tone. She puts and she puts an arm around you to bring you down close to to her. Okay. As she speaks real quietly, she says, "I don't trust that guy." Okay. Hmm. You need to keep an eye on him. Okay. Zeroth. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand, me love. <laughs> okay. Don't trust him. Okay. Can I trust you? Yes, of course. And I can trust you not to trust him? Uh, trust me not to- Yes, I get it. <laughs> okay. Zeroth, this is really, 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 really important to me, okay? So okay. please. Okay. I understand. Don't fuck it up. I won't. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. And she pats your head. Ah, thanks. After Zeroth gets back, I want to pull him aside and be like, Hey, I don't trust that me lava girl. <laughs> Uh, I want to make a sleight of hand check to put the manacles back on Corbin. Oh! All right, roll. Do I get to contest that? Yeah. Uh, right. I rolled a three. Mm. Beat. I rolled uh, <laughs> uh, 19. 19. Thank you. All right. Uh, so, Zeroth, you do not successfully get those manacles on him without him noticing. Corbin, you are... In the middle of being manhandled into manacles. Uh, I step away quickly and I said, hey, I thought we were buddies. I know. I thought this was, I thought this was a trust, a trust 
Exercise. And you passed. And you've betrayed mine. No, it's part two of the exercise. No, 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 no. That's foul play. <laughs> okay, whoops. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Uh-huh. No, it's over now. I can't trust you. No. I still want to kill the gods. I'll go back with you, but okay, I'm good. staying 10 feet apart at all times. Uh, you're going to have to put these back on for us to go in or they're going to kill you. That's what I was doing. I don't believe you. Uh, <laughs> You've lost my trust. I highly recommend you put these on before we go back in. What if we don't go back in? Uh, then you won't get to kill the gods. God killer. I don't need your help to kill the gods. You need mine, <laughs> fool. Okay. I can do magic. Yes. You could do magic right now. I'm trying, honestly, I'm trying to stall. So what are you guys doing? So Fran and Laika. Erase the knowledge of that message from your minds. Erase it. Right. But is the thing going to come get us? Well, the question becomes, does that thing come get you after you've gone into the grate? Or before? We're back to where you guys are standing in front of this grate, which you have been told Corbin has gone down. I mean, I think we'd investigate first. So let's investigate it because it's probably booby-trapped anyway. 14? Oh, like way over 20. Oh, okay. You do not find any traps on this grate. Fran, what you find after thoroughly examining this grate is there's a latch on, sort of hidden on the underside that lets you pull it up. Mm. And there is a ladder going down into a dark hole. So at this point, Laika would turn to Fran and say, here's the situation. And she points to Mary and she says, we still have Mary with us. Do we really want to go into this <laughs> dark tunnel where... Corbin has been kidnapped by people who are looking for Estrins. Corbin's probably dead. (laughs) I think it's probably a bad idea to take the goddess with us, but... And then I point back to the grate. Mary, by the way, when you are saying this, she looks kind of downcast. Are you okay? I can do it. I can help... I can help save Corbin, too. Aw, Mary... Like, uh, Cor- miles away, Corbin is touched. <laughs> uh, Fran is not touched. <laughs> what Corbins have you saved lately, Mary? You, She's been a key part of our team from the very beginning. We've all you have made a short memory, Laika. We've all made mistakes. And Laika turns to the goddess and says, You're still a symbol of the goddess. And if these people are targeting Estrins, you could be putting yourself at risk more than we are. We got us looks down and then looks over at Fran. Uh, she crosses her arms for a minute and then uncrosses them to sign. I'm okay with it. I want to help. I'm not... I don't want to be useless. Frankly, Mary, I think the most useful thing you can do right now is stay back. Fran, that's really harsh. Mary takes a step back. No, Fran's right. I'd probably just... I'll just go back to the tavern. It's fine. Well, we should have somebody go with her, though. I think... Like, that's the thing is I think we should bring her back. Yeah, I think we would take her back first. She shakes her head. No, you have to... No, you have to go get Corbin. It's... I'll be fine. And she walks away from you guys. Laika follows her and grabs Fran's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fine. I guess we're tailing the goddess. Yes. 
Where's my little birdie? <laughs> all right. Um, are you guys following her stealthily, or are you just no, not at all? Angrily, <laughs> we are very loudly chasing after her. I mean, yeah, I think as we're like angry at each other. Yeah, like as like glaring at Fran, being like, "Say you're sorry," and then she's also trying to grab the goddess's arm to slow her down. Uh, the goddess is doing her very best to ignore you guys. Um, and like try and walk faster than you so that she can just go. Like is the tallest it. person though, so she is using the full length of her stride. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, yeah. Then you would be able to catch Mary. So when you do grab her arm, however, a uh, a seagull comes out from down from the sky <laughs> and uh, lands on your horns, Leica, and what? it says in. A uh, voice that is very familiar and yet <laughs> deeply unsettling. Uh, can you please repeat your message? How long are we going to be at the docks by this strange-looking boat? Let's go to the hungry boy with the mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, Lego points the bird and is like, it's Corbin! <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Fran, Fran, like, grabs at the bird, and she's like, when did you learn how to talk? Uh, the bird takes off as soon as it's done with its message. Corbin! <laughs> we chase the bird. I'm going to assume. We- oh, actually, as soon as the bird's done delivering its message, it does go back to its place of origin. <laughs> so if you chase it, you'll get to the dog. Perfect. Cool. Okay, so you guys follow this seagull all the way down to the docks, and Mary has also turned and started running with you guys, right? Uh, chasing the seagull, and you get down to the docks just in time to see this weird-looking ship that's just chugging away. Again, doesn't have any sails. Doesn't have any apparent way of propelling itself forward. Make perception checks. Okay, I also want to. Perceive whether I can see a hungry boy with a mouthful. <laughs> yes. Um, I got like 21. I got 13. All right. So, Fran, with your 21, you do notice something. It wasn't visible to Corbin because the ship was facing the other way when he saw it, but you see a symbol of Torva brandished on the side of that ship. Oh, and you definitely saw a hungry boy with a mouthful <laughs> as you ran down here. And then you hear a familiar squawking as you see Corbin arguing with his boob window twin.
messing up our plans to kill all the gods. Yeah, cat. You kind of made it more complex. You did this Thanks, on- cat. You, cat, you <laughs> did this on purpose. Cat, don't look at me like that. Cat did this look. Yeah, it was Cat, horrible. You bastard. <laughs> Can't we just kill some of the gods? Can't we just kill a couple gods? Just a 90%. I think, I think we got to get the, the force of war. That's really, that's the only person on my checklist. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from the website Sly Flourish and author of the books The Lazy Dungeon Master and Sly Flourish's Fantastic Locations. I'm going to be hosting a brand new show on the Don't Split the Podcast Network called The DM's Deep Dive. Each month, I'll be talking to a member of the D&D community about a particular topic of the game like encounter design, tools for improvisation, and game pacing. You can subscribe to the show through iTunes, on Twitch, or on YouTube. Join me, and we'll all work together to make our games fantastic.